broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. By the way, if you're uh, wondering why uh, the Raiders might be interested in Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, the speedster from the Green Bay Packers, Zay Jones is on his way to Jacksonville. Um, Ian Rappaport just uh, reported that uh, three years, up to $30 million, uh, $24 million, looks like guaranteed base, uh, sounds like. Uh, but anyway, Zay Jones is headed to the Jaguars. Uh, good for him. Great guy. Um you know, uh, and, and the Jaguars obviously have a lot of money. Uh, Raider Nation, there, there you have it. Uh, Zay Jones going to the Jaguars for $30 million over three years. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, give us a call, 702-365-9200, uh, to let us know what you what you think of that. Was that fair value for Zay? Uh, I'm happy whenever, whenever anybody makes a lot of money, so uh, good for him. Uh, but not quite sure if that was the direction the Raiders should have taken $30 million over three years. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, out to the Raider Nation listener line, Raider Tone is on the line. How you doing, Raider Tone? Hey, buddy. How you doing? Doing good. Thank you. I want to know why aren't the Raiders doing anything? I'm frustrated. I've been a Raider fan for 40-plus years, and they're sitting back and not doing anything. What is going on with the team right now? Well, when you say not doing anything, just because players haven't signed yet or moves haven't been made, that doesn't mean they're not working, <laughs> And because I know that they are. Uh, and, and I think that the plan is to just let the market set after the first day uh, or these first few hours where big splash moves are made. There's still a ton of talent uh, out there. And, um, you know, I wouldn't – it's not the, the free agency technically hasn't even started. You're going to see guys getting cut because teams have to get under the salary cap or create more room under the salary cap by Wednesday. So um, I think that, you know, it, just to, because they haven't officially done anything doesn't mean that they've uh, – where, where are they at as far as the salary cap is right now? I don't even know. Right now, uh, like $30 million under the cap. So they've got money. Okay. Yeah, they've got, they got money. money, but they're not getting any players. The Chargers and Broncos are getting better, and we're not. We're sitting back, not doing anything, and they're going to end up in last place. And we just made the playoffs. What are they doing? Are they going to trade Derek Carr? Are they going to sign him to an extension? I don't know because it's just sitting there uh, waiting for all this this stuff to happen, and, and it's, I'm frustrated because they're not doing nothing. I, well, I know you say they're working, yeah. but what, when's they going to – Make a splash, man, because they need to get some players to help this team win. I'm frustrated with all these losing seasons. You know, since 20, uh, 2003, they have two winning seasons. Come on, man. It's, I'm, I'm tired of it. I you hear know, you, Raider I, Tone. Do you really think, though, they're not going to do anything? Thinking. I hope they do something. I'm, I'm just, I'm literally asking you, do you think that, are you genuinely worried that they're not going to do anything? Yes, I am. All right. Okay. I mean, I, I hear you. Um, I think that's a little bit, drastic and, and and a little bit dramatic, they are going to do something. Um, it, there's a lot of players that are still out there and more to come. Again, uh, just mentioned that, you know, by, I think, I forget what the time is, but by Wednesday, every team in the National Football League has to be under the salary cap or cap compliant. Um, and there's teams right now that are still over the salary cap and are working their way to getting under the cap by Wednesday. So that means players are going to be traded. Players are going to be released. Uh, we're literally in the opening window of the tampering period. Um, there's a long way to go. 
and there's a lot of good players that are still out there available and more to come. So um, I understand, you know, the you see other teams making moves, especially the Chargers and the Denver Broncos. The easy thing to do is to overreact and get disappointed. Uh, but all I'm saying is it, there's a long way to go. This isn't a, um, you know, uh, this isn't a sprint. You're, you're building your team right now, and it takes time, and you have to make it work mathematically. You have to find the right pieces. Um, it just takes a little bit of time. And if you see, the, the vast majority of the NFL is being measured right now. There's a few teams that are out there making big moves, and it's not hard to figure out who. It's the teams that had the most money to spend. And so the Jacksonville Jaguars, who just paid Zay Jones you know, uh, $30 million over the next three years, uh, and the Chargers, who had a lot of money uh, as well to spend under the cap, they've been the most active teams uh, out there. And that was pretty predictable considering how much money they actually had to spend. Uh, but it doesn't mean that they can sign everybody, and they haven't. And their money is going to start drying up, which it is as we speak which means that the playing field is going to get a little bit more even uh, and the Raiders are going to start making moves just like everybody else is. And you just have to hope that they make the right decisions. Uh, No championship was won or lost. No game was won or lost today. No playoff um, appearance was sacrificed or earned today. Plenty of teams over the years make big splashes in the offseason Uh, And it doesn't necessarily translate to success on the field. It has to come together. It has to be the right mix. There has to be chemistry. You have to, um, you know, hit in the draft, which is where I think that teams are genuinely uh, uh, built. Uh, And just let it just play out here uh, for a little while. But, you know, along those lines, congratulations to Zay Jones, um, another wide receiver uh, who, you know, uh, came to the Raiders as sort of a, I wouldn't say broken wide from the Buffalo Bills, but he certainly hadn't, um, you know, lived up to, to to the hype in Buffalo. And same with Nelson Aguilar in Philadelphia. They come to the Raiders. They spend a couple of years here, in, in Nelson's case, one year, uh, and earns himself a big paycheck uh, with the New England Patriots. And now Zay Jones earns himself this paycheck uh, with, um, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars. But, you know, once I saw uh, that the Raiders were involved in uh, Marquez Valdez uh, scantling, I kind of thought, well, this probably – it uh, means that maybe Zay Jones is outpricing himself uh, from you know from what, where the Raiders want to go in terms of his contract. Because if you look at Marquez Valdez Scantling, he kind of has the same attributes. Uh, it's probably a little bit further along at this stage of his career than Zay was when he when the Raiders traded for him. Um, you know, has a lot of speed, has a lot of explosiveness. Not saying that that's the direction that the Raiders are going to take, but the fact that they are involved in a player like that kind of told me that hmm. I wonder what the future holds uh, for for Zay Jones. Uh, Damon Cotton, your thoughts on uh, Zay going to uh, Jacksonville? First of all, one of the great guys, so happy for him, to be honest with you. Uh, But in terms of the Raiders. He's a great guy, the greatest of guys, it seems like. Derek Carr will happily put him over. But I don't think that this is going to hurt the Raiders when it comes to next season's play at the wide receiver position. You know, obviously go get your money, but you said about three years, $30 million, right? Yeah. Exactly, and I think that's, that's an overpay. That's an overpay, as we've said it before. We're Christian Kirk. Hey, the Jaguars, they have the have the money to spend, so they are going to spend it. But I don't think where where he's at in this stage of his career, you don't turn a number three option at best into a number two or a number one. Yeah, and I don't know what his role necessarily is going to be with Jacksonville Jaguar, Jaguars. I got to look at what his you know, what their wide receiver room looks like. Um, but 
you know, is he a number one? Not, I, I wouldn't even say number one receiver because I don't believe that that's what he is. Uh, but is he a down in, down out, consistently starting caliber player in the NFL? I don't know, <laughs> you know. And um, so, you know, uh, it, it, it's 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 a loss. There's no question. Uh, but it never really felt necessarily like he was a high priority for the Raiders and. Uh, the ja- Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, uh, uh, showed him some money and uh, happy for him personally uh, that that's the case. But I don't think it's like you said, Demon. I don't think it's a loss that's going to be um, devastating, you know, to the Raiders. It happens. Uh, this is free agency. And, and uh, he found a nice landing spot for himself. He had a good year last year, especially, you know, after Henry Ruggs, uh, you know, uh, had, had left the scene and, and was no longer available. Obviously, Zay Jones. Uh, role become became more more prominent and and he started kind of coming into his own uh, as a wide receiver. But again, ten million dollars I think for the Raiders, uh, there's there's bigger fish probably to to fry out there. And I think that uh, it'll be interesting to see again where all that heads because like we said earlier, Hunter Renfro and Brian Edwards are li- legitimately uh, literally I should say. The only real experienced wide receivers that the Raiders have under contract right now. You know, you've got your guys like uh, Dylan Stoner, but, I mean, you know, he was an undrafted free agent last year that, you know, played on some special teams, got in there a little bit. But I'm talking about frontline type guys. Those are the only two wide receivers under contract. So, obviously, whether it's through free agency and the draft, the Raiders are going to have to uh, build out a depth chart at wide receiver. Um, So, there's going to be multiple players uh, that they're going to be uh, involved in and bring in. And for whatever reason, Zay Jones just was not one of the guys that was in their plans, at least not at three years, $30 million. Out to the Raider Nation listener line, Jeff is on the line. How you doing, Jeff? Uh, hello, I'm Colin. I've been listening for a little bit. Uh, I hear some people freaking out because we're not making uh, uh, any moves yet. I know there's uh, they're working in the background and not really saying anything. But I had a player in mind. I don't know if he's a free agent or not. But how about Nelson Aguilar? Is he still on the path? Yes, he is. That would require uh, either the Patriots releasing him uh, or working out a trade. And so, um, you know, nobody knows him better now than than his former offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels, who's now the head coach uh, here with the Raiders. But I think... I just think that there's there's still enough players in free agency, and, and this is a strong draft for wide receivers, even beyond uh, the first round, that the, the Raiders are going to be able to kind of figure it out uh, at, at wide receiver. Um, you know what I'm well, saying? Well, for, for, for what I was thinking, I was thinking chemistry with Derek Carr. So we all know about uh, Devontae Adams. That's, that's given. But then uh, it, just imagine Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Nelson Aguilar and Hunter Renfro. There's there's the offense right there, and then defense. You still got the uh, the um, Pro Bowl linebacker, and then there's Bobby Wagner out there, and and uh, there, there's so much. I'm not freaking out yet. I'm gonna wait until free agency like is over with. But if they don't make like the big moves, like the Devontae Adams, like. Just one big move. If if they they're not going to make one big move and just do small splashes, we're looking at a really poor season. Because yes, you can wait until the second day, 
or third day, but you're not going to get the big hits like everyone else is making. Yeah, and uh, you know uh, who are who are what, what big hits are we talking about though? I mean, and the, the the wide receiver group is pretty good. I don't think Devontae Adams is, is going anywhere. I think the Packers will get that figured out somehow, some way. So outside of that, you're talking about Allen Robinson. Chris Godwin's going to go back to the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, you know, is Christian Kirk a big name? You know, I don't. Nobody saw that coming. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, I w- so if you were to bet, you're in Vegas. Mm-hmm. You're uh, you're willing to bet. Are you saying? Devonte Adams stays. You got to put all your money in, all your chips in. You're saying Devonte Adams stays in in Green Bay. Yes, because Green Bay controls everything right there. Um, you know his options are very limited. Either he sits out and doesn't play yeah. this year, um, you know, or you know convinces them to sign him to a long term contract, which which there's plenty of time for them to do. Uh, but they just, don't have the money. Well, we'll see. You know, but there's still ways to. Okay, you say that. How much is the franchise tag alone? He's making twenty point two million or something. You can half that if you really want to, if you're the Green Bay Packers, by paying him in a big signing bonus. So you could actually create cap space uh, by by signing him to an extension. That's the whole thing I'm saying with the franchise tag. You can't do that um, with a franchise tag. You know, you 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 you'd have to renegotiate a new deal. Uh, to make this year less on the salary cap by you know up front or, or front loading it with signing bonus that you could prorate over the next x amount of years uh, through the course of the of the contract maybe add a voidable year a couple of voidable years to even it out but you can literally if you're the Packers create that space so um, yeah I would think that he's going to to stay there because the Packers hold all the cards Devon did you want to say something Oh no not at oh. all I didn't have anything to add on that but Devonte Adams. I think that the ship might. I think the ship sailed. I think Raider fans need to go ahead and let that one go, unless because I've seen some fake reports out there. Who knows? But it's like he wants to be traded to the Raiders because obviously I think that's the conclusion that people want to jump to after he says that he doesn't want to play. No, for no, the no. Franchise. He just wants more money. Yeah, he exactly. wants to be paid. But then it's just like, oh well, why not just trade him to the Raiders? I don't think that that's going to happen. Like you said, the Packers will figure out the way to to make this happen. They're releasing people, signing them back, restructuring deals. They are doing everything that they need to do to be cap compliant, and I think they're going to make a way. To, they're going to find a way to make Devontae Adams happy. Yeah, and um, it'll be interesting though because if 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 he, if they just are uh, sort of dead set against doing anything for him long term, it makes you wonder what the real plan is for uh, Aaron Rodgers. And I don't necessarily mean the Green Bay Packers plan for Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers' plan for the Green Bay Packers, just because he's coming back this year and you know. Has, has agreed to a whatever the contract might be, we could be in the same exact position next year again with Aaron Rodgers. And I would almost guarantee that we are. I feel like maybe if they don't want to give him the long-term deal, just give him what we see with Kirk Cousins, just give him what you are going to give him, fully guaranteed. Two years, $50 million guaranteed? Why would he say no to that? Uh, yeah. I know we, because there's always the injury, but if he's just thinking, hey, we're going to keep you here until as long as Rodgers is here. You know, that's $50 million guaranteed. That's Yeah, so you're, you know, it, it, I mean, you could do that. Yeah, you could. I think it So would that be, way well, he doesn't have to worry about, like, reaching incentives or this, this, that, or the other happening. Just You sign him to a four-year contract with two years being voidable and all the $50 million paid up front, a big signing bonus so that the cap number comes down uh, this year. Um, but then, you're, you, you know, you'd be paying it off. In years three and four, I don't know. Um, you know, if 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 you're talking about Devonte, 
fifty million dollars for the next two years. Yeah. You know, if I'm, I, I would, I would obviously consider that, but I don't know uh, if that's what the uh, Packers want to do. And I think what's 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 kind of throwing a curveball into all of that is I don't know if the Packers really truly know what Aaron Rodgers is going to be up to beyond this year. So, um, you know, if if he comes back to the Packers next year at this time and says I want to retire and is going to retire. You know, it would for them. They'd want to go into just full, I would imagine, rebu- rebuild mode. And where does Devonte Adams figure into that? I don't know. It's 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 kind of complicated. But the po- point is, I think the bigger point of all this is they hold all the cards. And so, you know, he wants to get traded to the Raiders. If he wanted to get traded to the Raiders, he'd probably say that. I think he wants to work out a long term deal in Green Bay and get the guarantees and get the money and move on with his life. But for right now, anyway, the Packers uh, aren't aren't there yet. And we have to keep in mind as well that the Packers do have some salary cap issues. However, they could actually help themselves uh, by, you know, uh, negotiating an extension with Devontae Adams that lowers his cap hit uh, this year. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Monday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Man, the Jacksonville Jaguars making moves. But we've said that before in the past. They had money to spend. They're spending it. They just bring in Zay Jones, uh, the Raiders wide receiver, on a three-year, looks like $30 million uh, contract. Good for Zay. Um, I, you know, I think that there's the Raiders have bigger fish uh, to fry, and uh, we'll just see what that fish, which who those fish are. I think everybody's anxiously waiting. I know for me covering uh, the Raiders, you know, these things can happen uh, at the drop of a hat, just like the Zay Jones. Uh, move just kind of came out of the uh, came out of the blue, uh, but you know um, I, I think all Raider fans and we're getting the gist of that with some of the phone calls. It's not like they're panicking. It's like what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? And you know I guess my advice would be just let it play out. Um, and we've stressed some of the uh, key points on on why that is and why I think even the rest of the NFL is kind of setting back. It's it's a couple of teams are making moves: the Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. They both had a ton of money uh, to spend under the cap, and they did what they felt like they needed to do. I really like, I have to say, I like the Chargers' plan uh, right now, what they've been doing. Brandon Staley, their second-year head coach, is a defensive guy. You know, and all of a sudden, he's 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 putting the right pieces or his pieces uh, onto that onto that defense, and it's going to be a challenge for the Raiders. There's no question about it. This whole division is going to be a dogfight, but this division has been a dogfight for a, a while now, and you know the Raiders held up pretty well uh, with it last year with with what I thought was um, a flawed roster, especially after you know certain series of events, sequences of events happen, uh, injuries, the Henry Ruggs situation, the offensive line losing two starters, um, literally by the first half of the first game of the season, um, you know it changed everything, and so. Uh, they still were able to win 10 games. They were still able to get to the playoffs. They were still able to push 
the Cincinnati Bengals um, within a play of overtime, and who knows what would happen at that point, uh, the way the Raiders were kind of finishing that game strong. So um, there's there's still a lot to like about this Raiders team, and, and why I'm urging nobody freak out just yet is because free agency, ha- it, it started, yes, and in some cases there's it started with a big splash, uh, but if you notice, if you just look around the rest of the NFL, everyone else is just kind of standing pat a little bit and assessing the situation, letting the market kind of play out in these in this early stage like it sometimes typically does. And then once the big money spenders that, you know, exhaust uh, their salary cap space or the majority of it, uh, and then that playing field becomes more even. Now it's the time to to really start getting after it and starting starting to attack free agency. Um, and I think that there's when the Raiders do and and do strike uh, or do get into that mode of you know offering some making some uh, firm legitimate offers. Uh, I think there's going to be players that still remain uh, out there that can help them like right now. And you know I've mentioned. Allen Robinson, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, DJ Chark uh, hasn't gone anywhere. Uh, he's still uh, available among the wide receivers. Uh, I think the Raiders obviously need a backup quarterback. Uh, I think they're okay right now at running back. I think that you you looked probably to the draft, uh, maybe in the mid rounds, to bring in some potential you know future help. Uh, you look at tight end. I think the Raiders are are, are good uh, in in that position right now, although. Um, you know, you never know what, what they might do, but they've got three capable tight ends uh, on the roster. I think uh, maybe draft a, a tight end at some point or uh, undrafted free agent, uh, but I think they're okay uh, there. Tackle, uh, Teron Armstead's still out there. Dwayne Brown's still out there. Connor Williams from the Dallas Cowboys uh, is a lineman. Trent Brown, I, I don't think he's the Raiders are going to dabble in that world. James Daniels, the guard for the Chicago Bears, is still out there. Um Austin Corbera Cor- looks like he is. Uh, I saw he was headed someplace. I didn't see. I forgot what team it was. If you could check that out uh, when you get a chance, the former Rams guard um, was headed someplace. Uh, I just saw. So there's Billy Turner from the Green Bay Packers um, is I think a good, capable player. You know, when we talk about right tackle, if you if you remember last year and really the year before too, um, the Raiders had to like get by on duct tape and, you know, figuring it all out throughout the season. In 2020, Trent Brown played half of the games. So they were kind of recycling through some right tackles um, in, in 2020. Last year, they draft Alex Leatherwood uh, because of circumstance over at guard and his struggles at right tackle. He gets moved to right guard uh, four games into the season, which left Brandon Parker to kind of fill the role at right tackle and – Talk about duct tape and all that. That's, to me, what he was. And it never got stabilized. The right tackle position was just a constant issue that the Raiders had to coach around and figure out, okay, because he played at a bad, you know, the the level of play just was not good throughout the course of the season. And my point is you can bring somebody in. Morgan Moses is is a name that we've bandied about quite a bit here. We could we we've talked about him because I think where he fits is is he a All Pro player? No. Is he a Pro Bowl caliber player? No. But where the Raiders have been at right tackle these last couple of years, especially when Trent, you know, did what he did in in 2020 and wasn't really available to them, and then last year all the circumstance that uh, led to Brandon Parker starting the majority of games at right tackle, the level of play has been so bad at that position for going on a year and a half now. 
that just good, just def- uh, um, you know, dependable, just solid would represent a huge, huge upgrade. Um, so there are players that are available and I think affordable as well that fit that bill that can come in and just say, I'm going to be the starter at right tackle. I'm going to hold this thing down at an acceptable level. And there's also a very deep draft uh, at tackle. So I think, um, you know, we'll see who the Raiders target in terms of the tackles uh, here, here in free agency. But I would be shocked, shocked if they didn't uh, come out of this period with somebody that's going to be the penciled in starter uh, at, at right tackle. Uh, interior of the defensive line, which we keep mentioning it. You know, the Raiders signed a bunch of guys last year on one-year deals, and it worked out. There was great depth. There was production. Um, you know, throughout the course of the year, they got solid play uh, on the inside. Maybe not great play, but solid play uh, on the inside. Uh, now all those guys are free agents, pending free agents. So don't know how many of those guys are going to come back, how many of those guys uh, actually fit into what Patrick Graham is going to do. But when you start looking at the interior of the defensive line and free agents that are still out there, uh, DJ Jones from the San Francisco 49ers, Akeem Hicks from the Chicago Bears, uh, uh, Kalalas uh, Campbell from the Baltimore Ravens, Quentin Jefferson from the Raiders, Solomon Thomas from the Raiders, Linvel Joseph from the Los Angeles Chargers, Sheldon Richardson from the Cleveland Browns, uh, Jaron Reed from the Kansas City Chiefs, Malik Jackson from the Brands, from the Rams, and Dominic Sue. I'm pretty sure he's going to go back to Tampa Bay. Um, so there's there's still uh, places to go to on the interior of the defensive line. Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, although based on his Twitter feed, it looks like he's signed somewhere or has come to an agreement with somebody uh, because he's sending out all kinds of smiles and dances and things like that. We're all just kind of waiting to figure out uh, where he uh, is headed. I think he'd be a perfect fit uh, for the Raiders uh, in the interior of their defensive line and and um, and kind of uh, settle that thing down. He's signed with the Chargers. <laughs> Who did? That, Sebastian Joseph Day goes to the Chargers. Their defensive co- or their head coach Brandon Staley um, was his defensive coordinator in 2020. So um, a three-year deal, 24 million dollars, 15 million dollars, fully guaranteed. Uh, Sebastian Sebastian Joseph Day goes back and rejoins Brandon Staley uh, in Los Angeles. He's not even uh, well. He does have to move because the the Rams practice in Thousand Oaks. Uh, the Chargers practice all the way in Orange County, so uh, he's going to have to make a move. But he's making money now, uh, so he's going to be able to, uh, to to do that. Boy, I'll tell you what, um, the Chargers are definitely uh, they're definitely making. Yeah, moves. I'm going to say this, Vinny, because you uh, use the phrase, and I love you. Let it play out. Yeah, the lipo people. Okay. Let it no doubt the Chargers no, it's are making one of, it's one, I'm not saying freak out, but no, I don't no, no. like it when people say let it play out because let it play out turns into two or three weeks, and then you got fans that are going to be like, well, maybe we hit it big in the draft. Yeah, but because I don't you're think, just, because you're just they're letting make it moves. play out. They're gonna they're they're definitely going to make moves. Um, oh no, just the phrase scares me. Let it play out. Let, yeah, well, you, you have to. It, I know I that's know, what you I have know. to do, but that phrase, when people say that, that's where I'm just like, yeah, you know, see what happens. You know, take it easy. Let it play out. That's that's like the doom. That's doom for me. <laughs> I don't know. It's like you can phrase it however you want, but once that phrase gets used, I don't know, guys. I'll tell you this. Uh, everyone uh, sometimes, um, you know, uh, they talk about the Chargers and going to L.A. and they don't have a fan base, which they don't. Um, but that stadium is is a cash register for them. Uh, they had a lot of money coming off the cap or, or, or opening up in terms of under the cap. Uh, they've got a lot of money. They're making a lot of money uh, in Los Angeles in spite of it all. So, um, 
yeah, uh, he, uh, Sebastian Joseph Day. I had him on on my list of of uh, you know potential defensive players that the Raiders uh, could uh, could target. But obviously, um, the Chargers are deciding that uh, we're going to be the team that makes all the moves on day one. And again, they had the most money, or, or were among the teams that had the most money. So um, it makes it makes a lot of sense. But again. You know, there's still a bunch of players uh, out there uh, that are available. We'll see what the Raiders' uh, plan is to attack it. Devon. Also, you mentioned Austin Corbett earlier, yeah. you, um, offensive lineman that could be on the move. It is nearing the deal. It's basically expected that he's going to sign with the uh, Panthers. Yeah, the Carolina, free, that's yes. right. The Carolina Panthers. Um, a, a good young player went to Nevada, by the way, um, and uh, the Rams traded for him a couple of years ago. Turned out to be a dependable starter for them. Uh, he's earned himself uh, another contract, and it's it's in the uh, remains in the NFC, going to the Carolina Panthers. So uh, we're seeing we're seeing player movement. We're seeing uh, teams come to uh, agreements on uh, on on free agent deals, and uh, the Raiders right now are among the teams that have been just kind of easing their way uh, into free agency. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, there will be there will be quality. There will be players uh, that are that are out there on the free agent market. And you know uh, this isn't by any stretch of the imagination a rebuild for the Raiders. We all know that the Raiders have their quarterback. Um, they've got Darren Waller. Uh, they've got a good young running back in Josh Jacobs. They've got a, a nice little foundation defensively. Um, I, I think it's 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 tinkering, it's adding on uh, to to get them back to where they were last year and 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 beyond. Uh, but you know, let it play out. Devon, you know, talks about letting letting it play out. It's only fair to let it play out with this. A new regime. They're going to do things their way. Uh, I know that the draft is going to be the backbone of, of what they do, and free agency is going to be a tool uh, to supplement that. But um, but uh, you know, I think that there will be activity within these next couple of days, if not tonight, uh, on certain moves. Um, and then obviously the draft is where they're going to have to. You have to do the bulk of your work um, in, in the draft. It's just, it, it's vital. When you look at guys like Darius Williams, who will probably be leaving the Rams, and uh, Austin Corbett, uh, Corbett uh, who left the Rams, even though he wasn't a draft pick, they traded for him uh, in his second year, so it's almost the equivalent of a draft pick. Sebastian Joseph Day was a draft pick. Um, you know, these guys, they they, they groom them, they develop them, um, and then they let them go their merry way uh, if they're able to go sign with somebody else, collect uh, the compensation picks, and um, you know, add to their draft arsenal, and then just repeat and do it again. Uh, it's the winning way, and then you you try to build around the foundation that you create. Uh, the the Raiders issue, um, you know, uh, where they are right now and why they aren't further along is because they didn't maximize some of those first round picks that they got uh, and the high you know draft picks that they got in some of those trades, the the Khalil Mack trade and the Amari Cooper trade. Um, you know, it's it's water under the bridge now. There's nothing you can do about it except just try to avoid making those same types of mistakes. And with Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and uh, Champ Kelly, um, you know, the, the bet is that they're going to maximize their assets rather than, um, you know, misuse them. And that's kind of what happened under John Gruden and, 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 uh, and Mike Mayock. Uh, I know they did the best that they could, and they worked as hard as they could. But for whatever reason, especially at the top of the draft, um, there were there were mistakes made, and there were mis- mistakes made, obviously, in the trade market. Uh, Antonio Brown. Um, there were there were there were mistakes made in free agency with Lamarcus Joyner, uh, with Trent Brown, um, with with Corey Littleton. It's not an exact science, and it's also why. 
even with all these signings that you're seeing right now, you know, uh, how many times do we look back and say, wow, that just didn't work out for that team? And it's not to point any fingers at anybody. Sometimes you move to a different situation. Sometimes you move to a different team, a different scheme. Um, maybe you get a little money in your pocket and you're not quite uh, as hungry as you as you were. That happens, too. You just can't predict um, how it's all going to play out. But as we sit here today uh, on March 14th, 2022, there's no question that the Los Angeles Chargers uh, have have done great work uh, in this offseason. When you talk about Khalil Mack, when you talk about uh, signing uh, J.C. Jackson, when you talk about bringing in, I think, a really good young uh, defensive tackle in uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, bringing back Mike Williams, um, it's been a Chargers week uh, without question. And the Raiders, uh, again, what I always preach, just build the best version of yourself. And that's where I say you got to let that play out because we're still in the few first few hours of free agency. Did you want to say something? Nope. <laughs> Devon is shaking his head. In Lipo, a, let in, it play out. It doesn't, de- doesn't sound good to me. In a defeatist attitude. Well, true. I mean, I, it is. it can be daunting. It can be scary. There's anxiety and all of that. But... You know, in two weeks, three weeks, and especially after the draft, that's when you look back and say, okay, what did the Raiders do? What did everybody do? Uh, Right now, there's no doubt that uh, the Chargers have jumped out in front of everybody, but uh, we'll see if they can sustain it. But they are going to be a problem. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila in Bajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, on a Monday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You said we had a text, Damon Cotton? Yes, we do. Let me get to that right now. This is from Rob in Oakland. I know Vinny doesn't feature text, but I just want to say that's why I'm making sure I get this one in for you, Rob. Don't worry. We've won off seasons in the past and struggled to win games during the season. Hopefully the Chargers learned that lesson the hard way this season. I'm going to be patient and put my goals into the future of the team, not in mid-March. Yeah, and and you have to. Uh, you know, the Chargers came into the Chargers came into uh, this offseason, I, I want to say with seventy million dollars uh, in cap space uh, and ca- and plenty of cash to spend uh, as well. So uh, it stood to reason that they were going to be among the most active uh, early in free agency. They had the most to spend along with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they're uh, making making the moves. Um, those two teams in particular are making uh, the majority of the moves in the first day of free agency. But there's they can't sign everybody, and there's still a bunch of good players that are out there. And I think the rest of the NFL is kind of waiting for the big spenders in terms of the teams that had the most cap. Uh, to go ahead and do what they have to do and we're going to do. And uh, then again, as I've been saying, the financial playing field becomes more even because now, you know, uh, there's nobody that has $70 million under the cap or I want to, I'm sure the the Jaguars had even more uh, or close to it. So, um, you know, uh, let's wait as this thing plays out over the next couple of days. Uh, There's still going to be some players hitting the open market through cuts, there's still going to be players that are going to get traded. Teams are trying to maneuver to get under the cap. Uh, the Raiders are still sitting there with $30 million, um, and uh, I'm sure they'll use it wisely. Uh, we just have to to uh, to uh, express a expression that DeMond uh, Cotton hates. Let it play out. Ralph is in L.A. How you doing, Ralph? 
Hi, how you doing? Doing good, brother. Yeah, I'm trying to see uh, what's the plan. It don't seem like the Raiders, seem like they don't have no plan for the offseason. I always laugh when people say, what's the plan? And I think that this is the plan. I don't think, I, I think they, their plan was to avoid, and I've heard so many general managers talk about this, especially when you don't have $100 million or $70 million to spend, is you don't want to just get out in front and just overspend, be in the overspend business. Because there's teams that almost have to spend. Like when you're $70 million under the cap, you have to spend that money. And that's what the Chargers are doing, and that's what the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are doing. I think the plan, if you're asking what the plan is, to sit back, let the market reset after the big spenders who had a bunch of money under the cap do their thing, um, and then assess the market at that point and see what's left. And there are still a bunch of good players that are out there, and then get to work. And I think the plan is wide receiver. The plan is cornerback. The plan is uh, tackle and interior of the defensive line. Uh, the Raiders, before long, will be – bringing in players that fill those needs. And then, obviously, uh, the draft will come around uh, in late April. But to me, that's the plan, Ralph. Are you worried? Are you concerned? What's the deal? Yes, I'm very concerned. As you know, been a long life Raider fan since, like, 83 so in Los Angeles. And I'm just saying, like, it just seemed like it's constant rebuild mode and never seemed like they – this is one year, it seemed like with the Namdi all them signing when they was going for the Super Bowl. But now it just seemed like it just constantly just – Comfortable being mediocre because almost guaranteed with the talent level in the division, you pretty much destined to be fourth place unless you get some breaks to go your way. But it it don't seem like they're never going out on them for the major position like the quarterback or whatever. It's comfortable being middle of the road. I, I don't think that they're comfortable at all being middle of the road. Um, I think they have a you know they have an X amount of money to spend under the cap. I think they're going to spend it as prudently as possible to fill as many needs uh, as possible, but in no way, shape or form at all. Do I think that they're okay or happy with being middle of the road? Um, that's, that's, that's just not accurate. Um, and, and just because they're not spending money or a lot of money on the first day of free agency, uh, I don't think is indicative of where they want to be. They want to build the best possible team that they possibly can. That is the goal. That is the plan. And I know that they know where they have to go. I know what positions uh, they're, they're trying to prioritize. I know that they want to get depth, create competition. Um, but it's not going to happen in the first six or seven hours of free agency, especially when there's teams like the Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars who look put it this way if the if the chargers were in the same position of the as the raiders in terms of their salary cap they would be doing what the chart what the raiders and and pretty much the rest of the NFL is doing right now just waiting until the big spenders exhaust their salary cap space or or exhaust a big chunk of their salary cap space uh, and then let the market resettle and settle down and readjust and all of that and then get back in and start doing the work that they need to do um, at that point with the budgets being readjusted and the salary caps, um, you know, being more on an even playing field. That's what I think is happening. And uh, you, you just don't want to get into, into that world where you just spend it all uh, early on and not prudently too on, on a couple of big names. The, the Raiders to me, we just mentioned it. They need a wide receiver, two of them now, really multiple. They need multiple wide receivers. 
Um, they need, I think, multiple uh, defensive backs. They need an offensive line uh, right tackle. Uh, I think bringing in some some you know uh, uh, competition over at left guard uh, is is a way to go. They need to figure out the interior of their defensive line, um, and so it's it's there's there's areas that they need to address, multiple areas that they need to address. And I do believe that they believe and have confidence once the market settles back down that they're are a bunch of places that they can go to uh, to fill the holes uh, that they need. Remember, last year they signed guys like, um, you know, uh, Quentin Jefferson, um, uh, Darius Phylon, all those de- – Jonathan Hankins, Solomon Thomas, they were all signed on one-year deals. Casey Hayward was signed on one-year deals. Remember, and those, those all happened in the second, third days of free agency and beyond. So just because you're not – being hugely active in the first few hours of free agency doesn't mean that there's not enough time and able players out there to rebuild the roster the way you need to. That's what the Raiders did last year, and it worked out pretty darn well. Um, And I think that it's probably a similar plan now. It's just a different vision, a different group of, you know, uh, and general manager and coaching staff that are looking for the specific types of players uh, that they need. But, you know, it's easy to look at the Chargers and – you know, uh, you know, if you're a Raiders fan, be a little worried. There's no doubt that they're getting they're, that they're getting better. They were in a great position to get better. They have a quarterback on a rookie deal still. That's going to change here in about a year or so. Um, so they had a lot of money under the cap to be able to spend, and they're in a they're in a stadium that is generating a lot of money for them uh, in terms of cash. So you combine that. And a really good roster and a favorable place to play and live in Los Angeles, of course that's going to be an attractive uh, destination. But to show you how money is king right now, the Jacksonville Jaguars had the most money to spend on the cap. The Los Angeles Chargers uh, had the most money to spend on the cap. Nothing against Jacksonville. But when you talk about places to live and all of that type of stuff, this is where money always plays out. You have the Los Angeles Chargers, one of the greatest cities in the world, and you have Jacksonville, which, <clears throat> you know, um, but guess what? <laughs> Players are okay to go play, w- 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 you know, there in Jacksonville when the money's no being shown. No state income tax. Boom. I'll tell you what. I remember having a conversation with Dante Fowler, and I told him, you know, he got he got traded to the Ra- to the Rams, right? The year before, we had gone to Jacksonville. Um, uh, the Rams were playing in Jacksonville, then they were going to London right after that. So we had to stay a week in Jacksonville. And so I was talking to Dante Fowler, and I was like, uh, yeah, man. So I had to uh, – I was out there for a week. You know, after, after the Rams had played you guys, they stayed over for a week. He's yeah, I remember that. He goes, what would you do? And I was like, well, um, you know. And he's like, he started having this big smile. And he goes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Welcome to Jacksonville. And nothing against it, but every beat writer – in the NFL, every single one of them asks this question, Demon, of themselves when they go to Jacksonville to cover a game. You want to know what that question is, Demon? What is it, Vinny? Why does Jacksonville have an NFL franchise? I, I'm, I'm being serious. Nothing against Jacksonville. It's just a weird place to have an NFL team. It's, it, I mean, compared to when you're talking about Miami and Los Angeles and Las Vegas and San Francisco and Chicago and New York uh, and Kansas City, great cities that, you know, uh, even Minneapolis is a great city. You go to Jacksonville and it's just like, what? Why? How did this even happen? I still don't remember exactly how it did happen, how Jacksonville got a, got a franchise. Come on. 
hey, man, they got some nice things going there. Come Shot, on. Shot Khan's going to change things around for that organization. <laughs> Eventually, you know, maybe the third, fourth time's the, the charm. Team, yeah, yeah. Doug Peterson, baby. Yeah, and that's and that's fine. But it just shows you how it's not so much location. It's who's got the money. And right now, the Chargers had the most money under the cap, and the Jacksonville Jaguars had the most money under the cap. No shock that those are the teams that are the most active so far in free agency. I want to say thanks to Bill Williamson, our great friend from SB Nation. Does a great job covering the Raiders and the NFL. Always enjoy having him in. I want to thanks, say thanks to all the great callers I know. Uh, it's a little bit anxious right now, but just just relax. Uh, long week ahead, and I would expect that even before you wake up tomorrow morning, probably going to hear some Raider news, uh, if not soon after you wake up. Uh, I want to say thanks to Demon Cotton. Always does a great job. Truly appreciate everything you do. Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM in the huddle. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We'll be back at it tomorrow, 4 to 6. See what we have to report by then.